Hello, you're listening to Dope Comedians, a podcast about comedians who use weed to help with depression and whatever else is going on in life. Subscribe today to listen to subscriber-only episodes and audio, as well as bonus episodes and clips. To gain full access, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and YouTube Podcasts. Now, let's get at it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yo, what up everybody? It's your girl Marcella Riley. And I just want to remind y'all that if you like this podcast, then please take a moment and go to wherever you're listening to this show and click subscribe. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Uh, It doesn't take that much time to do but it helps us out so, so much. So get over there and do it right now. Uh, and also, if you want to come get high with us, then follow the show on Instagram at High Hopes Live. And you can also find me at Cool Black Chick. Um, I'm still waiting on you to subscribe. I haven't seen it yet. Like where I'm waiting. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Thank y'all. Okay. All right. Enjoy the show. Bye. Everybody, it's your girl Marcella Riley for another episode of High Hopes. This is the season finale, episode 18, and I'm bringing back the OG, the OG who started it all with me. Uh, she is the creator of Bad Comics on Instagram. Uh, check it out, and she's also a writer and a comedian at UCB. Give it up for Anna Salinas. Ooh, hey, Woo! yeah. I'm so excited to be here. It's such an honor to be the bookends of your podcast. (laughs) Uh, In the bookshelf of your podcast, I'm like that little statue of a turtle on both sides. (laughs) Well, I I mean, uh, I appreciate, I get a lot of feedback from that episode too, and everyone loves it. Oh, good. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it'd be cool to just see where we're both at oh yeah i feel like if i set any goals in the last one (laughs) even if it was just like a mental goal of like you know what i should go to therapy (laughs) i have news i've not made progress but i mean i guess we'll get into that right yeah 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 Yeah, i was listening to the episode and like taking notes and remembering the whole conversation (laughs) it was a great conversation i remember it being great i remember us like really diving in and like yeah. getting vulnerable totally absolutely yeah, yeah yeah okay so that was december i don't know beginning or middle of mm-hmm. end of december um what have you been doing since then oh. well <laughs> i've had a lot of work stuff change actually uh-huh um i think i don't remember exactly where i was work-wise in december i know that i had graduated in june and stopped working around august so i was definitely unemployed Mm -hmm. uh which was cool in a certain way because i um i got i was doing a lot of personal projects which sounds for a euphemism for unemployed (laughs) what are you working on you know just like personal projects do they pay no No. (laughs) um so i was working on a lot of those um but I was rapidly running out of money, which yep. made me very sad. Um, and towards the end of being unemployed, the stress of money 
was crazy, uh, as many people know. Um, but I was continually in debt and racking up debt. And I, I had a bit of uh, freelance work for a while, but it kind of dried up. I did like some freelance work from, for awesomeness. Ooh. but they they like laid off a bunch of people, which at the time I was like, oh, they're about to go under. But what I didn't realize was they were actually pivoting a little bit to scripted long form content, oh. which in a weird way ended up being great later on. Okay. Uh, I mean, not great. I'm really <laughs> overstating that. But um, uh, so I was I was just really desperate and I was. In January, I put up an art show. So that was really cool. That was something I would have never been able to do if I wasn't brutally unemployed. Because <laughs> it took so much work to do. That was like, that was a really happy moment. And uh, how did it go? I think I remember you saying that. Yeah, it went it went great. People came from Instagram. Like, it was so validating. Wow, your Instagram fan? Well, I don't know if they're fans, <laughs> but they came. <laughs> um, and I... I broke even, which was cool because I had spent a bit of money and I was like, whatever happens, I'm just going to put this in. Yeah. And, um, I, I totally paid off everything I had put into that art show. I didn't really make a profit. So I was like, well, I don't know how sustainable this is, but, uh, it didn't make a dent. And, um, I put up the first half Mm -hmm. pretty much of a book I was working on. For the bad comics? Yeah, oh. sort of as like a series of comics yeah. about my sex life. <laughs> um, like really, you know, bearing it all, stuff I hadn't talked to anyone about, hadn't shown anyone, stuff that came from literally my live journal yeah. uh, where I had been like chronicling it. And um, my a guy who was in it, a guy who was one of the entries showed up because I went to Ooh. college with him. Uh, and had a very, because uh, most of <laughs> what I showed was from college, because that's like the first half, and some of it is like uh, TMI. Like uh, this particular guy, I like talk about him remarking on my pubic hair <laughs> in the moment, and like he was cheating on his girlfriend at the time Ooh. with me. Uh, what a what a stupid man. Um, but I put that all in there and lo and behold, he shows up. But at the last minute I had taken that entry out. It was like fate. I knew he was going to be there or I didn't know he was going to be there. I had no idea. I hadn't seen the guy in six years, but just like as fate, I took it out. I was like, I don't know this one. Something tells me to take it out. I did. He showed up and he had this like (laughs) stricken look on his face when he saw what was up on the wall. Um, and then I was like, you're not in it. You're you're not part of it. I took it away. And he was like, oh, whoa. Yeah, it was weird. He asked me out on a date <laughs> the next day. And I didn't realize what he was doing. So I was like, what? What are you? What? Um, but in hindsight, I think he was asking me on a date. I don't know. <laughs> I guess he thought we were going to reconnect. But no, we did not. Because first of all, I wasn't single. But second of all, <laughs> he like left me really high. It's all in the story. He really left me high and dry. We like hooked up. I really liked him. And then he just kind of petered out. Yeah. Uh, that was a long tangential story. <laughs> to say, ah, our show went well. <laughs> Is it somewhere that we can still see it? Or was it just there? It was just there. Um, okay. I'm going to put out the book. I, I keep saying I'm going to do it, but I've been so busy. Um, but my goal is to put out the book by the end of summer. Um, it is, if you like my comics, it's totally in that format, but about the ups and downs of a sexual history, mm. um, especially relevant now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But then, so I've been unemployed, uh, or I had been unemployed. I did the art show. And then after that, I was still unemployed. <laughs> I really thought that if I did the art show, like certain <laughs> things would happen for me. And they did not. <laughs> it was like, oh, you did it. Cool. Now what? Um, so I, I was about to take a teaching job in March. Okay. And I was like totally at my wits end. I didn't want to go back to teaching. I used to be a teacher. Yeah. First of all, it would have meant almost a full-time job for so little pay, like an after-school teacher. Um, 
and I I was like I have no choice it's what I'm qualified for it's the only job I can really get and then the day I found out I got the job I went into interview and they were like sure you can have it if you want it I mean <laughs> to be honest they were like to be honest we're desperate right now oh, we wow. really need people to stay because everyone keeps leaving because uh, it was like a uh, high turnover uh, school in where was it I want to say it was in Watts um and I was like um give me a day to think about it yeah and that day uh I got a call from a showrunner who I had interviewed for months before and not gotten a job with. And she was like, look, I'm looking for an assistant. I hired the wrong person the first time around. I should have hired you. Or she didn't say it quite in those words, but she was like, I I've, I've had some bad assistants and I'm sorry. I didn't hire you the first time around, but would you be willing to work for me? And uh, in my mind, I was like, yes, of course I need money. (laughs) Um, she was like, it's going to be assistant work. I know you want to like write and do comedy, but I'm, I'll be very supportive of that. So I signed on. Uh, and the show is Vita. Vita. I don't know. On this star- Most people don't know what it is because <laughs> it's on <laughs> stars. Stars. I only get stars when power comes on. Oh, you watch power. I love power. Well, so I do the, like the, the monthly subscription for it. Dude. If you're willing to do that for power, I mean, check out Vita. I should do that one for Vita? I guess do the same thing. Okay. Yeah. They right. have a free trial right now on Stars. And okay. you do it for a month. You can see all the episodes yeah. all up <laughs> and then cancel it and then not get charged. <laughs> um, yeah, that is the tough part about the show. It's like a really great show. It's a half hour dramedy um, about two sisters in Boyle Heights Okay. who are first generation. Maybe they're even second generation Mexican-American. Um all Latinx writers room super queer writers room oh wow so it's been an incredible experience to see the very uncommon side of Hollywood hell yeah um but yeah I I don't know that happened I got a manager I've been going on some meetings and stuff and working on some stuff um I actually just came from a pitch. Uh-huh. So that felt How really, did that go? It went great. I don't know. I shouldn't jinx it like <laughs> this, but it, it went well. So I think when I was on this podcast the last time, I felt very, very stuck. Mm. And a little like, will any of this work out? Mm-hmm. And now I feel uh, like, okay, maybe. <laughs> I mean, look, I it varies day to day. I feel like you're being so modest about what has happened to you. I, these things are huge. Like they felt huge in the moment, for sure. They sound huge. <laughs> hearing them come yeah. from <laughs> it was, I think, uh, the idea of getting representation and like being at a place where I could be pitching ideas seemed so far away. Yeah. And this is when you say repre- representation, that's as, as a writer uh, and a performer and a performer. Okay, yeah. cool. So oh. she reps like greater performers. Um, and I knew, I thought I knew things about how the industry worked mm. because I had worked at an agency in reality TV. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I know how it works and I got nothing. I, I'm the kind of person they'll overlook, um, which was true and is true still. Mm. Kind of. But what I've learned now, and I did this thing called Sundance Lab, uh, which was really cool, too, because it was kind of someone giving you a footstool or something being like, here's the piece of um, advantage that you don't have right now. You know what I mean? Like that people have because for I feel like in Hollywood, you have all of these different uh advantages that are not fair and not even at all and Mm -hmm. some people have family in the industry some people uh went to harvard (laughs) and have like those connections some people went to usc and have those connections uh some people can afford to not work ever and that's an advantage Mm -hmm. some people are just so goddamn naturally talented that you can't (laughs) deny it um and fuck those people you know what fuck those people i respect people who work Work hard hard. (laughs) and aren't necessarily the most naturally gifted person in the room but they tried god damn it yep (laughs) um but 
yeah so what i think it's been nice because lately i feel like i've gotten a few footstools um which is not to say i am not broke because i am broke (laughs) (laughs) somehow i'm making money now from a job and still broke because you're spending it that's how that works because i'm spending it (laughs) uh and like paying off i had to i had so many bills to pay off yeah from debt because you mentioned that a lot in the last episode you're like yeah i have so much debt debt. i did i really did so all my paychecks have gone to like settling all of that yeah and like my car registration and parking ticket oh because but you're also kind of fresh out of school or you went back to school you yeah so i went back to school okay the, for grad school got it okay for so you're finishing your grad you were finishing grad yes. school got it. i had yeah i had done it for two years graduated technically in june but was like they let me ta after i graduated which felt sneaky is that not normal what? i don't know but it, i i was like really am i allowed to do this but also they told their this, this is so shady. UCLA was, <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to call them out. Uh-oh. Uh, they bill it like there is the professor teaching. Because mm-hmm. I had TA'd all through school um, in, with like discussion sections where like the professor teaches his lecture and then you go to discussion section with your TA and whatever. I teach that class, but it's like based on the professor's lectures. Right. But during the summer, they build the class under that same professor's name Mm -hmm. but then we're like there is no lecture that he does it's all you whoa your curriculum you do it all but then they paid me the same amount of money oh yeah that's pretty shady so they were scamming all of us they were scamming the students they were scamming me i loved it because even making that ta salary i was like woo money (laughs) baby Yeah. yeah Uh, yeah, but it's a little scammy the way they do that. That sounds pretty scammy. Yeah. Uh, and I graduated in college, didn't get a lot out of it in terms of like representation. And like, I knew a lot of people who had won awards in school. Oh. In screenwriting school, which was very bad for my ego. (laughs) Everyone I knew had won an award. Jesus Christ. You never won one? No, I never won a single goddamn award in school which whatever boohoo but (laughs) they had like all gotten representation off of it so i was finishing school and all of my friends from school Uh had reps Mm. and were getting meetings and stuff and like getting writing work and i was like oh i'm gonna be a failure for my whole life no i feel so whiny talking about that (laughs) like small world problems um no when you bust your ass and you see other people around you succeeding and like you know you you always wonder like like you mentioned the advantages and the disadvantages um, that all factors in mm-hmm. definitely factors in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also, and I'm, I think when I was last year, I had just started dating Edgar and now we have been dating still all this time. And now <laughs> we are also writing partners Whoa. and collaborators a little bit. So I How's guess that? You know, it's great. It's tough. Uh, Does he write for Pickle Hour? No, that's just me and Heather. Um, but he, we, the thing we did Sundance Lab with was something we worked on together. So we're technically writing partners on that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it look, it's been good. The material we've churned out, I feel, is better than I would do alone. Um, but what's interesting is when we were at this lab this past weekend actually they pair you up with mentors and one of them was this guy malcolm spellman who is a showrunner and writer uh interesting guy um he i think he like writes on empire and his name sounds very familiar to me yeah and he I'm going to go on such a tangent, but like <laughs> he was the creator of that show Confederate. Did you ever hear about that? And then, they, yeah. 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 That was going to go on HBO. on HBO. Yeah. Yeah. Man. He, it was crazy because we didn't realize it at first, right? They, he sat us down and was like, I wrote your script. Here's my thoughts. Um, and midway through as he was talking about like his work and like how he had this project at HBO and stuff, uh we were just like wait a minute Edgar was like 
I just realized who you are. And <laughs> man, does he have a lot to say about that experience. Um, and for those who don't know, um, Confederate was a yeah. show mm-hmm. um, on HBO mm-hmm. uh, that there was some misunderstanding with, according to Malcolm. Uh, so he created the show and he is black. He created the show, co-created it with someone else, like another black writer. But the Game of Thrones guys executive produced it. Okay. They, or they were set to executive produce yeah. it. So when Variety picked this up, like in the trades to tell the world about it, they cut out Malcolm. Uh, and they were just like, the guys from Game of Thrones are coming with this new show called Confederate about what if the Confederacy won. Why did they do that? That's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, look, I just got his whole side of it. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and to hear him talk about it, he was like, this was a show I wanted to do because it feels like the same thing. Like all the elements of the show that are like heightened are actually happening anyway today, like checkpoints and yeah. uh, Like police brutality, all kind of fits into that. Um, And I was like, okay, yeah. But when people heard the story, they were like, two white guys are going to make a show about what if the Confederacy won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's how it was definitely marketed as. That's how it was marketed. But what didn't help is that uh, Twitter exploded about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he got a lot of hate, like, especially from black Twitter, just like so much hate for doing the show. And of course, the... Game of Thrones guys, I'm sure, got just as much, but they yeah. like didn't care and weren't listening. <laughs> um, and HBO was just like, oh, this is press. But um, he got a lot of hate, so he had a lot to say about that. But it was fascinating. Man, I said it would be a tangent. It was a tangent. <laughs> so that's the guy, right? Yeah, this yeah. guy who has like truly been through the trenches of uh, truly been through the trenches of Hollywood. Um, and his wife is a showrunner. He's a showrunner. His wife is a showrunner. Mm-hmm. They've written together. He's writing on her show right now, actually. And he sits this down and he was like, are, so are you a couple? Because our show is about a couple and it's about <laughs> us, like <laughs> yeah, Anna you guys and Edgar. Yeah. And we're like, yes, we are. Um, so it's a lot of biographical. And he's like, let this be the last thing you write together. <laughs> he's like, you can support each other's things (laughs) but let this be the last thing you truly like write equally together uh so that was that was a big warning i you know what how do you feel that it was an like an accurate oh i think he's probably right he's okay yeah for sure (laughs) i mean i like working with edgar but a lot of what we've done has been very autobiographical and like about our relationship and about fights we have and we put it into this what do you guys fight about what do you and edgar fight about everything edgar for everyone listening is just a huge improv comedy nerd always has a lot to say and host of another podcast culture kings oh um yeah we i mean we're we've been dating here so (laughs) we have our fights but (laughs) it's just you know we really pretty brutally we'll put them in things like we put up a one act play at ucb at um legitimate goddamn theater uh-huh. about a big fight we had um that was like it's hard to explain but he he felt betrayed oh, no. in this fight and i felt betrayed we felt betrayed for different reasons so mm-hmm. we wrote this play both wrote our sides of it like i wrote my responses he wrote his responses um and then it like sort of explodes into a dance and his part was played by his best friend dane my part was played by my best friend heather um and at the table read heather was like yeah and i really i think you were right in this and dane was like yeah great i think you were right i can't believe she did that uh it was like painful explaining it to them i was like yes this is how it went down um but we put it up uh and they did it and it was very cool cool to watch yeah but sometimes it's like was that too close <laughs> i definitely coming out of that was like i don't ever really want to you don't need to do it again do that again 
right about such an intense fight with the person I had that fight with. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty, that's hugely vulnerable. Like putting yourself out there, putting your guys's shit out there in the open like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, which I mean, on the one hand, it makes sense because we have a very similar sensibility. So mm-hmm. it's all, it always feels so obvious to work together. Cause it's like, Oh, you write about depression. I write about depression. We both like comedy and dramedy, um, which is how that's not how blue love happened. Our project we're working on for Sundance happened before we were dating. Oh, uh, we started writing it and then started dating. <laughs> which is like uh be more of a cliche it's a story about a couple and then There's we just ended so up so many hollywood love romance <laughs> yeah. stories that is how that worked but um at when we first started dating there was this feeling of like oh my god we should be collaborating on all these things we have such a similar mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we had all these ideas of like movies we were gonna write and it was like oh yeah that's a great idea that's a great idea um we we've been out on a meeting together before um, where we like pitched ideas together. But I think where we are now is like, you know what? Let's, let's take a have our bit own things a little bit. You know what? <laughs> I just had this thought because I think it's awesome that you guys like tried it out and now you're like, mm, maybe take a break. But I think you guys got to, it sounds like you guys are letting yourself go through this shit and you're dealing with this shit, which is like, this is how people stay together because you work it out. You work it through. Um, I'm going to bring up Beyonce because, (laughs) 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 um, but like her and Jay Z, that whole shit. It's in that. The reason why, when the guy Malcolm spell, Spellman. Spellman said that to you guys, it's like my mind went to, okay, well like, Jay-Z and Beyonce went through this huge thing and they've been doing their separate things. And now they have the Carters that just dropped last week. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They aired their laundry (laughs) individually in incredible. I mean, I would say lemonade better. No, 444 is great. 444 is great. Why am I? They're so different. They're so different. Yeah. Uh, I, I love them both. Yeah. And they both had great, uh, visual albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like the Carters? I have only listened to it probably a handful of times, which is not enough for me. There's not enough pain in it. There's not enough pain. It's thirty. It's I think thirty minutes or less. And yes, it's good. It's not bad. I yeah. I need to listen to it more. I feel like I'm a little like. This is. It feels good. good. I mean, I saw this shit coming. I don't know. It's just fucking Beyonce. Like, I don't know. I kind of predicted this in my own world. That they would do the. Yeah. Like when she dropped that, the Beyonce album, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, 2013 or whatever, Mm -hmm. whenever that happened, I was like, okay, this is, this is some shit. Like she's, this is about to traject into something else, which it did. We got eliminate after that. And the whole, all this stuff going on between them. Yeah. You wonder too, like, because it's such a, like, it's a narrative we're all invested in. She's telling a fucking story. Yeah. We are so invested in it. But then I wonder too, like, to what degree, since they had teams working on it, like, to what degree does all of that factor in? Like, did they make a conscious choice? Like, we're going to share this now. I can't imagine someone telling Jay-Z, like, you know what will sell really well (laughs) if you guys air this out and him being like, dope okay yeah let's do it but i don't know that part to me is it doesn't stop me from loving it all and being invested but i i wonder sometimes um i think they know exactly what they're doing they do right but it's true too yeah they're not lying i mean he cheated on her yeah we saw the fight (laughs) you know we saw that elevator fight and she forgave him yeah yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I definitely appreciated uh, 444. I I never uh, liked Jay-Z until that album. Really? Yeah. Never been into him. Because, like, I guess what the Carters, the album the Carters is, is, like, it's them talking about a lot of what they have. Yes. As opposed to, like, how, you know, Beyonce's like, I'm going to be a fucking strong ass woman. You know, like that. It almost feels like more of a continuation of uh, 444. Mm. Because like with uh 444 he's like it's important for us to stay together because we are 
the next great dynasty. And it means so much more that like we're going to be this like royalty. Yeah. Because it's subversive and like we're changing the status quo and like yeah. we give back. We care about our communities. Um, And then this album is like, yes, this is us. We, this are, is w- we are the 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 monarchy <laughs> yeah right but like a good monarchy <laughs> like they labeled it they like this is yeah they yeah. presented themselves like this is the new beyonce and jay-z and yeah well onto the with the louvre you Wait, know i know yeah, that was yeah that it you know it makes so much logical sense um but yeah if that's the model for couples working <laughs> together all i can say is edgar better not cheat and think yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna be cool with it. edgar yeah <laughs> I'm not going to make an album good man. Uh, forgiving him. It will be the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know. I, that's, I could imagine like the level of. Bet- How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Trail, you feel that she felt. Yeah. And then especially being in the public yeah and not even with that whole fight like she was very calm and like it was her sister who was you know exactly going off yeah she just seems so composed always and so strong and like it's do you think she has her moments she i feel like for someone who who puts out this very very strong uh uh image Mm -hmm. also has the exact opposite yeah I think for sure, because um, no one at that level of fame and success is not cultivated to a great degree. Even mm-hmm. her Instagram. I've, I'm a little frustrated with her Instagram. <laughs> I follow her. It's like Cardi B's intr- Instagram is so personal and it's so <laughs> yeah, like, this is me. This is me without makeup. This is how yeah. I'm feeling. This is what I'm eating. Yeah. And... Beyonce's Instagram is clearly made by a publicist or an assistant. Yeah, or she like doesn't even touch it. The assistant of a publicist, mm-hmm. God knows, because she, I'm sure she has such a big team. Um, and 
it's it's not personal. It's just like beauty shots. And of course, she looks so great in all of them. And I'm always like, God, she's a mom. <laughs> a mom can look like a mom. She got three babies. That. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Everybody, this week on repeat, I thought I'd close out the season with some Beyonce. This is countdown. Um, I love to put the top down on my car and blast Beyonce on shuffle and throw my head forward and back to every beat while driving moderately faster than everyone else on the streets of LA. <laughs> Um, <laughs> if you want to listen to everything else I've been playing on repeat, then go to Apple Music and follow me at Cool Black Chick. Um, this show has been a blast, and uh, please, please, please uh, continue to listen and stay strong. Uh, remember, you are not alone. Uh, enjoy the rest of this episode, and <laughs> y'all live long and slay. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's human. That's like, I feel like any famous person you meet, even John Mayer, perhaps. Absolutely. Is you meet them and you're like, oh, right. They're just a human. You're just a person. Yeah. And like, I guess maybe if the person is interested in you, you feel temporarily better about it. <laughs> I feel like I'm a part of my disappointment with the very few marginally famous people I've ever met has been like, oh, they don't give a shit about me. What a what a letdown. I had so much investment in them in that moment of meeting them. And it happens like, oh, what a extreme disappointment. I had that happen. (laughs) So I grew up in Long Beach Mm -hmm. and uh, they used to film stuff. They still do film stuff down there all the time. They were filming uh, Baywatch when that was still on. Oh, of course. I was a little kid. I, don't even, I think I was in elementary or middle school, and they were filming at the marina. And he was there, and I went up to him, and I said, hi. And I was like, hey, can I get your autograph? And he was like, not right now, kid. Like, literally put his hand in my face. And he was he was on, he was on walking towards his wife, but, like, that's what he – It was like, what? I, I an <laughs> asshole. You were a child. I know. He was like, not right now. Come what back later. What was his name again? David Hasselhoff. Right, David Hasselhoff. Oh, he well, he's ugly now. <laughs> ugly and old. And the only people who care about him are, like, the Germans in 2010. Because I think he had, like – an upswing of fame in Germany there was in some, yeah yeah right uh for whatever reason <laughs> no what an asshole man you know I will never forget it I was pretty sad about it yeah did you not like him after that um I mean I didn't really like him too much before it was just cool to see him. it yeah. was like really cool to like see watch that show and then to have them like in my backyard yeah. Um, it's like, oh, this is fun. Just yeah. I'm like, hi, how are you? Can I have your Yeah, like, oh, you're from the TV screen. <laughs> yeah. What an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what else? If he has kids, he's probably a terrible father. Ooh, but that's not good for the kids. <laughs> no, it's not good. But I'm just saying, <laughs> no one who is that, like, lame and mean to a kid is I nice know. to their own kids. That was pretty fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. <weird>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think famous dads are probably largely bad dads, too. Do you think, um, uh, shoot, what was his name from Full House? Um, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Was he a good dad in real life, you mean, or in Full real House Life? life? <laughs> <laughs> no, Full House Life. We know he was good. a great dad in Full House Life. Uh, in real life, I don't know. He's such a raunchy comic <laughs> that it's hard to imagine him. Is he a dad in real life? I have no clue. <laughs> I feel like he's not. I feel like he he's still single. Like, I don't know. It seems like he doesn't like kids. His stand-up is so is, brutally raunchy, yeah. and he like even makes raunchy jokes about the Olsen twins, where it's like, ugh, they were Does your he? TV daughters. 
I haven't heard that. I saw him live once, and it was pretty. He was he's really funny. He is but really he seemed funny. like a nice guy. Like it was a really small crowd, okay. and he wasn't like well, you know a dick what? About it. Good. I hope he's nice. <laughs> I do. I I hope he's nice. I'd rather. I think comics can either be nice or complete in other douchebags. Uh, one of my comedy heroes is Nick Kroll. I hope he's nice. I met him once. He's really because he's a UCB dude. Yes. I met him in New York for the the marathon, the Del Close marathon. Oh yeah um all he hangs out with all the those people Mm -hmm. um yeah he wasn't mean although my interaction was like super brief good i'm saving (laughs) up i'm saving up that meeting i've like seen him obviously perform at ucb and like been close but i've been like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything i'm gonna wait till that one day where we're both in a room and I'm there for a reason, you know, I'm there because like yeah. I, I, I'm not just there because I just saw a show. <laughs> and then I'll be like, hey, Nick Kroll. And he'll be like, hey, Anna, because he'll know my name by that. Like, Fuck without yeah. Us meet, but yeah, that will never happen. And when it, or or when it does, it will be because he fell from fame. <laughs> what? Yeah. And we'll both be in like a CVS and he'll be like. <laughs> Uh, you're blocking my car. Oh my god! Who knows? We'll see. Um, <laughs> I hope it is the the former that you said the in the writers' room. Yeah. Um. So, how's your your um weed intake? I don't smoke much. I mean, I'm gonna smoke now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I. So when I last was here, I didn't smoke a ton either because, uh. I don't know. I used to be a heavy, heavy smoker and then dated a guy who didn't smoke at all. So I, in the course of two years, adapted. Because, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, it's like one person is going to. <laughs> with any bad habits in a relationship, one person is going to fold. Either you're going to get yeah. over the bad habits. I'm not saying weed is a bad habit, but either you're going to get over it or the other person is going to start doing it. And that boyfriend drank a lot. Ugh. I know. So I just like started drinking a lot more and didn't smoke. So then uh, when I came back to weed a little bit, I was like, oh, I'm such a lightweight. Uh, but I did recently get my card. Yeah. This is a crazy story. Okay, It's not me. that crazy, but it was to me. My mom, who always disapproved of smoking weed. Last year, she was like, or a few months ago, she was like, Anna, can you send me weed? I was like, what? She was like, yeah, I, I want to try it for my pain. Can you send me weed? And I was like, yeah, it would be my honor. <laughs> but by that point, I didn't have a weed card because I like wasn't really smoking weed. So I had to go get a weed card for $50, I might add. <laughs> Just so I could buy weed to send to my mom. And she didn't reimburse me for that weed card. Ugh. How did you send it? Where's your mom? Oh, I'll tell you. She's in Florida. That's why she couldn't buy it. Uh, so I, first of all, it was very exciting because I was like, I've never smuggled weed through the post before. Yeah. Um, so I thought I was tricking them really well. I, I did some research. I put it. I, s- I sent it to her a few times in different forms, <laughs> but I put it in coffee. Like I bought a oh. Trader Joe's coffee. I nestled it inside. Did you Google this or you just on your own thought of this? Uh, I Googled it. <laughs> and then I wrapped it up like a present. I put ribbon on it. So I went so overboard. <laughs> like no one was even checking. But I wrapped it up like a present. And then I put it in a box. And I sent it USPS because I go and there's varying information <laughs> about this. But research suggests that USPS is the most safe, even though you would think FedEx, but FedEx checks more. FedEx like checks it more. OK. Or so something like uh, now I'm like getting my facts wrong. But there is a reason why USPS it goes against what you would think. But there is a reason why it's better. Something about the way they check it. Okay. Like they don't use dogs or something to sniff everything? Yeah. Like at the they, airport? I don't think I don't they, do. they do. Um, on everything. I think it's like really rare that if you just have a little bit of weed surrounded by stuff that it would get caught. But I was like 
what if it gets caught? <laughs> I only have her address, not mine. <laughs> She'd get in trouble. <laughs> but she she did it. She got the weed. <laughs> and that actually got me a little more into smoking weed. Oh, okay. My mom was my gateway drug. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. See, I have weed this isn't the gateway drug. Exa- it's moms. moms. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I have this card. I might as well buy weed. So I, I did. And then, of course, it got legalized. And now you don't even need a yeah. card. Well... It's cheaper. All right. It's still mm-hmm. at the non-taxed price if you it is. have your card. Yeah. That part is nice. Um, but yeah, should, is, should we smoke? Is that the next phase I've of this? I've smoked a little bit already. Oh, I've been smoking. <laughs> Girl, I've been smoking. I've been smoking. I've been smoking. Um, um, uh, you, you seem super happy. Um, not that you weren't happy the last time you were here um oh that's that's good i'm just trying to give you like physical like oh to work off of no just like observations of like how you've changed i'm just happy because i feel good about how that pitch went (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah because i was very nervous i was thinking about it all day um yeah and i was like i'm gonna bomb it i'm gonna bomb it i feel it in my bones and then i got there early and uh i was like interpreting all these stupid things as signals that i was gonna bomb like i went to the bathroom and there was a girl there (laughs) like all sprawled out with her makeup she had music playing in an (laughs) office bathroom she was doing her like makeup and curling her hair and i was like you're doing this in a bathroom i was gonna practice my pitch (laughs) here i was literally like this is perfect i'm 15 minutes early i'm just gonna say it to the mirror and she was there so i couldn't do it and i was like this is such a bad omen and then of course like my hair looked so frizzy and and like unkempt in the mirror and i was like this is a bad omen usually i i do my hair that means i'm working on good time and my hair is all crazy and then i was like Oh, oh, this is this is not good. And then I walked in, and there was this dog on the couch in the <laughs> waiting room that kept stepping on me. I'm like, <laughs> I like dogs, but this dog was like, he kept jumping up and like slobbering on my lap. This makes it sound like I hate animals, <laughs> but he kept like jumping up on me with his slobbery ball and just looking at me like, "You want to play?" And I was like, "No, I fucking no. don't want to play. Don't even touch me." So I kept like, like taking his paws off of me with disgust and at one point i literally pushed him off the couch and then i looked around because i was like oh my god if they saw me do that if they saw me do that they're not gonna want to work with me no one wants to work with someone who hurts animals so then i was like oh cute and like petted even though i didn't want to um but yeah it went well so i feel like i'm just in that uh afterglow um but yeah i think the the one thing i've come to learn about uh Oops. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. The one thing I've come to learn about, um, and I'm still learning this industry, and, you know, as you know, being a comedian and stuff, is the rejections are always going to hurt. <laughs> and then it, it fades a little. But there's always going to be more rejections. I... <laughs> after any audition i put it out of my mind and i never th- i've it took me a while to get to that point it mm-hmm. kind of like a sh- like any of my shows yeah i don't think about my shows anymore. like i do this show and i don't even whatever oh, it is yeah it's gone yeah. yeah i i'm i'm a very anxious person yeah. if you couldn't tell from my comments <laughs> where i constantly draw that anxiety um and i get a lot of like um anxiety leading up to things which i guess is social anxiety or whatever so auditions, oh, when I was auditioning more, um, I, it was horrible. I think I was the most depressed when I was around like February going out on a lot of auditions because it was oh. pilot season. Mm. Oh, yeah. Ugh, not a lot. That sounds so obnoxious. <laughs> the few I got. Um, <laughs> so many auditions. But like that made it feel like even worse when I bombed them because I was like, I only have these few. Um, but I put so much importance on them and would like rehearse so hard yeah. and um, spend so much time thinking about what I had to wear. And I like only got sent out on sexy Latina roles, <laughs> which... 
is problematic. <laughs> uh, but they were always like, she takes him and immediately sits on his face and like has sex with him. They were like so sexy Latina roles and they were always written by white men. Literally oh, of every single <laughs> one of them, including uh, fucking the uh, musical. What? Oh. What musical? Oh my God. I what? I'm forgetting the name. This is so bad. Come on. The one that's like Carmen and no, Maria, Maria. Uh, uh, Am I? Is this something I should know? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's like Steven Spielberg is making it into a movie. Oh no, I had no idea. You know idea. the sharks and the jets. The sharks and the jets. The jets? No, the sharks and the jets. No. Sharks? Like an actual <laughs> no, shark? No, they're like the gangs. They're dueling gangs in New York. Oh, um, this is so bad. I feel like for uh, for the people <laughs> watching here, it's like they're probably like screaming, <laughs> "You stupid idiot!" No. Um, look, it's besides the point, <laughs> uh, what truly matters is even that is made by a white man, but I was going out yeah. on all these auditions and I was trying to dress like in a way that I thought was like sexy, but not too much because I am very unconfident about my body and was like, uh, but I'll wear baggy clothes, but like, it'll still, but like with heels. And um, I would just watch these like models walk out of the rooms. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what am I even doing? <laughs> and then, of course, you know, you drive an hour and 15 minutes to go uh. to these auditions. You say the lines. Uh, maybe you get it right. Maybe you flub a little bit. I flubbed a lot <laughs> um, from the nerves. And then uh, you leave and like a model walks in and then you have to drive an hour and 15 minutes back. And I would just cry after these, a lot of these auditions that I knew didn't go well. Cause like one of them, there was probably 20 people in the waiting room and they were all before me cause they were running behind and every person would go in and there would be this like uproarious laughter. It's, and the, and then the girl, bef- this is like out of a movie, but the girl before <laughs> me of course goes in and is there for like 20 minutes <laughs> and she's slaying. They're laughing. They open the door. They're still laughing. And they're like, oh, <laughs> it was so good. To, it was so good <laughs> to see you, Bridget. It was so uh, no, you. you know, it was movie. so good to see you. And um, she was so cute with like her heels and her crop top. And then I come in. And for that one, I had made a very weird choice to like not get told up. Mm. so I like didn't really wear makeup and was like really I dressed like a boy kind of because I was like I'm just gonna present my comedy first but that that was like apparently what I didn't realize (laughs) in prepping for it was the role was for like a girly girl (laughs) who loves makeup (laughs) uh yeah so after that one I just was like crying I was like what am I doing um so you know it's ups and downs um but you you uh are <laughs> my cat's gone um you're on a, a team at ucb was that before oh that oh. was yeah kind of recent that was jan february okay maybe yeah that's a new yeah. thing do you like that yeah uh it's been great i love my team um it's a ucb mod team mm-hmm. called mama um <laughs> they're great it's been an interesting role because with sketch i'm used to writing and performing for myself and heather Mm -hmm. in our duo john baxter hi heather um but that is just writing and having other performers do it which is great and cool but you have to relinquish some control yeah because it's like okay now actor interpret this (laughs) but um it's been a learning experience it's been a lot of work i don't know i i love it but um at one point, I think I'll have to like reassess what I'm doing because it's like a lot it's right a now. It's a lot, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. It's Keeps good. You busy. It's not too much. But yeah. If it tips, we'll see. But I mean, I love it. I, uh, yeah, I'm also like doing more improv now because of mess hall. Are you on mess hall too? Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> UCB. It's a lot of UCB and being at UCB just like it's so as, as a team and like yeah. it's great. I love both teams. <laughs> I really do. I feel weird talking ill of it because it has nothing to do with the teams. I I love the people on them. I feel like I like really lucked out because they're both so great. Um, but uh, 
maybe there comes a time in everyone's life when they're like, am I doing too much of this? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you thinking that right now? Not yet. But <laughs> no, but I think that is very important to check yeah. in with yourself and be like, okay, am I leaning too much into this? Yeah. No, but it's, it's totally like, fine to do that. There's that balance of like, if this is fun, do it. Do it for fun's sake. Do it because it's fun. Or if this is good for your career and you're hungry, do it for your career. Mm. Do it no matter what. And those exist kind of like at opposite ends of the spectrum. And, you know, sometimes you do something because it's fun and like stick with it a little more because it's like something that's good for you and you should be doing. And UCB, I think, at varying points has like mm-hmm. slid around that mm-hmm. scale a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like when I started doing it uh, six years ago, <laughs> so fucking long ago. Oh, uh, <laughs> It was so fun and it is fun, but then it was like, I'm bad at this, but it's fun. So Mm -hmm. I'll keep doing it. And now I'm so good. No, now, (laughs) not at all. Now it's like, oh, I'm never going to be like one of those naturally talented <laughs> born out of the womb robin williams you're just like whether oh, you're naturally or you work for it right it's i'm gonna okay. be the kind that works hard uh but um i've learned so much mm-hmm. and you could keep learning i'm trying to say this diplomatically i'm realizing <laughs> um but i put in so much time and now seeing the things that i need to be doing you know going to a meeting with heather and then being like we liked your sketch videos, but where's your sample? Where's your mm. like half hour sample? I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. Yeah. I my brain was thinking, how do I succeed at UCB? Not how do I succeed in, in life? In, in the, the larger the career. career. Yeah. Because I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know how to think like that. Yeah. This is the problem. This is how it. That's a whole nother fucking episode yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, the, the UCB, the theater becomes everyone's goal not everyone but a lot of people it becomes the end goal well they don't even realize like there's they're like they come in like yeah i'm gonna be like this famous comedian and then they fall into ucb and it's like oh i'm gonna be the famous ucb comedian oh truly truly uh and i'd be lying if i said at some point i like didn't think that like not not in its entirety but i definitely like went to see shows early on and i was like i'm gonna be just like that and then they were on tv (laughs) and i was like "Mm." going up (laughs) that'll be me Uh, but then i realized no much harder you'll only be uh crying in a car after no no it's fine uh one of the shows (laughs) i auditioned for where i was especially supposed to be a sexy latina and especially failed didn't get picked up whatever (laughs) fuck them yeah um but uh i think Oh man, the weed. I'm losing my train of thought. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what point was I building up to? Uh, UCB is great. No, uh, I do have a point. Um, I think we, what's been interesting is seeing, I recently read Mary Sasson, who is an improviser and mm-hmm. comedian, put together this list of how people got repped at UCB. Oh. Um, just like anonymous people being yeah. like, this is how it happened for me. Yeah. As like, I think a useful guide, like here are all these billion different ways it can <laughs> happen for you. Not that <laughs> being rep means anything. Like being repped doesn't mean you have jobs at all. Yeah. Um, but as a first step or whatever. And some of them literally were like, yeah, I put up a spank and I just lucked out because yep. <laughs> there was a manager who went to see the other show and he liked mine and signed me. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And another one was like, yeah, I mean, I uh, I was on an improv team and someone signed me. And another one was someone literally saw my performer page and signed and reached that was out it? and it was signed like, me. You, wow. I was like, what <laughs> actual fuck? <laughs> who? For who <laughs> does it happen like that? I know. God damn. Maybe you. It ain't over till it's over yeah that's true i guess it's like you persevere until you finally get that one lucky moment Mm-mm, you keep going boo yeah. boo and then you and then it and then it peters out and it turns out that lucky <laughs> moment was a false start and 
that uh, deal you thought was going to go through <laughs> doesn't go through, and then you persevere. You persevere. One day it will. Yeah. Um, we're gonna wrap it up. Okay. Any any final words? Um, man, I feel like I've talked so much <laughs> and taken away from whatever great things you had to say. Because I've just been a motor mouth. Um. I will say this. It's kind of cool what you're doing here because looking <laughs> back at that first podcast, um, it's interesting. It's cool to see where I was mm-hmm. emotionally mm-hmm. and to think and compare that to now, which is not to say I'm doing great. I never went to therapy. I <laughs> set that goal and I, I never went <laughs> and I should go. I still should go. Uh, Edgar tells me every day, you should go to therapy. And Does I'm he have like, a therapist? He did. He doesn't anymore. So. <laughs> Hypocrite. I know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that publicly. But he talks about it, so I think it's fine. But um, yeah, there are certain goals I haven't met. But uh, it is. It's every day. It's a struggle every day. every day. And what matters is you just keep going. Absolutely. I like that. You keep going. Um, I don't know if there's people. There's like some people on Instagram. Should we? I never actually interact with them. Oh, I feel ever. Like, yeah. Hello. Oh, this is not gonna work. Fuck it. Uh, while you're doing that, I'll. Hello. Talk about your cat. Oh, is that Edgar? I can't see from this far away. <laughs> is it awful, Graham? <laughs> Yeah, I shamed him into watching. <laughs> Edgar is watching us live right now. Um, yeah. Well, that's it. Uh, oh, did you want to plug anything real quick? Oh, yeah. Check out my Instagram. Bad Comics by Anna. Comics with an X. Anna with two N's. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Same handle. Bad Comics by Anna. Um, those are the only two things. <laughs> that's all I do. Uh, you can see me. Uh, I don't know when my next mod show is. You know what? You can see me when you see me. Say hi. You are on the UCB page, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you can go on the UCB and find honestly. Yeah. For all those people who spend their time <laughs> uh, scanning through the UCB performer pages, uh, you'll find me. <laughs> and I'm your girl, Marcella Riley. Uh, you can find me at Cool Black Chick everywhere. Uh, and check out Mother Podcast, Why People Do Black Things. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. It's Marcella again. I just noticed that some folks still haven't subscribed to the podcast, so I just want to remind y'all to do that. Um, it only take a few seconds. Just go wherever you're listening to High Hopes and click subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. And then come get high with us on Instagram. You can follow us at High Hopes Live. And you can also find me at Cool Black Chick. And I appreciate you for listening to this whole episode. Uh, you rock and enjoy life. <laughs> Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hello this is danny pellegrino host of the everything iconic podcast and i'm here to tell you all about splash refresher because hydration is mandatory but boring is not now i love my water but if i don't spice it up i'm not going to finish what i took out of the fridge that's why i love my splash refresher which is flavorful delicious bright hydrating and zero calories the wild berry flavor is my fave no wait Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? 
All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to Dope Comedians. Subscribe now to access bonus episodes, clips, and audio. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and YouTube Podcasts. And follow us on social media at Dope Comedians. Until next time, live long and slay.